I'm Eric Harris. And I'm Kim Fleck. And this is Healing is in Your Hands. The purpose of this podcast is to share different perspectives on holistic healing and how you can take back your healing power. So this episode, we're going to talk about fear, which is often referred to as the antithesis of love. With our current state of the world between the political climate, our actual climate, gun violence, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ+, coronavirus, and the list goes on and on. There is an elevated level of fear around all these things that often prevents us from focusing on love and moving forward in life with ease. We will talk more about this after a brief word from our sponsor. Healing is in your hands is sponsored by Brand Fearless, social media for social good. Everything we do, we do with the idea of bringing good to the world. And Chief for Healing, using holistic healing practices to connect the mind, body, and spirit. Healing is in your hands is looking for sponsors who share our mission to educate and empower through holistic healing. If your business is interested in becoming a sponsor, email us at healingisinyourhands at gmail.com. Or you can click the link at the bottom of the description in your app to make a monthly donation of as little as 99 cents a month. According to the Course in Miracles, all emotions can fit under the categories of either love or fear. In each moment, we can ask ourselves, are we focusing on love or are we focusing on fear? In this episode, Eric and I will share our pre-recorded insights on fear and our current climate. We have several guests who have been kind enough to share their insights as well, and we can't wait for you to hear it. And so here's our first clip from Hannah's Field, who brings so much joy and light into the world with their music. So please take a moment to listen to what Hannah has to say. Greetings, this is Hannah from Hannah's Field, reminding you that the simplest way to come back to the present moment is to take a deep breath, release anything no longer serving you through intentional movement, through listening to positive music, and remember that the healing is in your hands. Blessings, love, and light. Thank you, Hannah, for always raising the vibration. Now here's a clip from Kim. What's good, Fearless Friends? Kim Fleck here. And I'm here to provide some insight on current times and the notion of fear. I often use the phrase Fearless Friends in my intros on social media. My small business is named Brand Fearless. And it's why, aka purpose, is based on my own personal purpose, which is everything we do, we do with the idea of bringing good to the world. The importance of this lies in the name. I'm not saying to be fearless, as in the absence of fear, quite the opposite. What I am saying is to fear a little bit less. I am of the belief that one can never truly be completely fearless that fear is an emotion that is as essential to our being as joy, sadness, empathy, grief, and love. All of our emotions are valuable and serve as a means to grow, a way to navigate our own personal experiences. Fight or flight is rooted in the emotion of fear, survival, resilience, strength, and perseverance. All those words come to mind when I think of the emotion of fear. I believe when we feel an emotion, express that emotion, and move alongside it while feeling all of its complexities, many of which we want to turn away from, allows us the tools and experiences to then fear a little bit less. Thus, we become equipped with the knowledge that it's okay to feel it in the first place. I used to be of the mindset of I will be fearless. I will be fierce. If I get knocked down, I will get up. 
I'm not afraid of anything. You cannot hurt me. These statements once served me well. And in truth, there are times when they still do. However, it's the idea of changing how I framed those fears, how I experienced them both on an emotional and physical level, and how that allowed me to grow. The group Other resonates with me, those who seem to exist on the fringes of society's norms, those who are often scapegoats for society's woes, as if it is our fault. The society norms of which I personally believe are out of touch, narrow, restricting, unkind, and fueled by fear and division. I embrace full-heartedly and with great pride identifying as other. As a woman, my gender identification has hampered me at times. Yes, as someone who is disabled, my disability has presented challenges at times. Yes, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, I have experienced the hate, the isolation, and the pains of being not accepted by those you love at times. Yes, I cannot hide my gender. True. But, as a woman, I have a responsibility to all women. All colors, shapes, sizes, sexual preferences, and religious backgrounds to raise them up, to do so in love and in sisterhood. Although I am proud of the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment and of all the women who fought for that to be a reality, I am incredibly mindful of the fact that it wasn't until many, many years later that we were able to bring our black, brown, Asian, and Native American sisters with us to the voting booth. With my gender comes a responsibility to leave no woman behind. I can easily hide my disability. My ostomy sits proudly under my clothes the majority of the time. My autoimmune diseases, for the most part, minus my hair, are hidden deep inside the cellular makeup of my body. And yes, I can hide my sexuality if I choose to. My skin is not rainbow in color. Many of those who are of the other category can't hide these things. And why should they? Why should any of us? During this time of COVID, part of my other is being at high risk based on my medical conditions and having been at home since March. Fear has been a part of this experience, a large part of this experience. Fear of what could happen to me if I were to contract the virus. Fear that my health would deteriorate within weeks of not having all these treatments I am accustomed to year after year by my holistic health team. Fear of the loss of income and of clients as a small woman business owner. Fear of what would happen to my beloved animal companions if I were to not be here tomorrow. Fear of what could happen to my parents, to my brother, to my nieces, my family members, and my friends. Fear for my state, for my country, for my planet as I watched it begin to implode, to spiral downward. Yes, I watched. I listened. I felt all the emotions. My nation and our world struggling to breathe. Not only with this pandemic, but within our own selves. I took time to go deeper, to reflect, to consider, to reconsider.
We have lots of time. How are you using yours? How does one fear a little bit less during such unprecedented times? Times of great loss of life. Times of continued racial unrest. Social structures and capitalism that systematically hurts those who are seen as other. Black, brown, trans, LGBTQ, Native Americans, and women. Times of such division, of such fear-mongering, of such sadness, discomfort, anger, and for some, absolute isolation and despair. How does one fear a little bit less? I believe by feeling all of those emotions that I just listed and all those emotions unlisted allows an individual, a community, a world to move forward while still experiencing truth, understanding, empathy, forgiveness, and most importantly, transformation. How we respond is key. How I respond is with love. I face my history. I face myself as a compassionate listener, growing as an individual through uncomfortable conversations, educating others, and educating myself. Moving the conversations forward by being respectful, mindful of others' perspectives, experiences, and processing information in a way that allows for less fear, more empathy, and a transformation of social situations and institutions and norms that have crippled us for far, far too long. I personally long for the day when I no longer hear people say things like, I don't see color. I have a gay friend. My neighbor's kid is transgender. My aunt married a Muslim. My roommate in college was disabled. Oh, I have lots of black and brown friends. I even went to a gay wedding once. Fearing less, to me, would mean acceptance. Fearing less, to me, means not fearing other. Fearing less would mean building everyone up, embracing and celebrating our truths and our identities. I see your beautiful skin color. I see your gorgeous love for one another. I see your triumphs. I see your struggles. I see your beauty both inside and out. And I'm here to work alongside you. Together, in equality, and in love. Please keep looking deeper. Please keep asking the tough questions. And please keep fearing a little bit less. But most importantly, please keep spiraling up. Here is a clip from Craig Norton, who has produced some of our episodes and has provided wonderful musical interludes for us. He is a working musician, and he is now going to share his insights around the pandemic. Hey, Eric and Kim, thanks for checking in. Thanks for asking. And uh, about this for a while now. And, you know, how do we deal with the fears of our current situations? And there are multiple situations that are causing all kinds of fear uh, for me and seems like everyone else. So I think I'll start there, which is the collective consciousness, right? Every 
human on this planet has something to worry about right now. So there's a level of anxiety across the globe that I think we're dealing with that is unprecedented since like a world war maybe or something. But in my lifetime, these are things that we've never dealt with. So there's that. There's the, you know, there's the big picture. Everybody's kind of got something to stress about these days. And there's not much we could do about it other than, you know, deal with our own stuff. Another thing is how kind of frustrating it is, for me at least, to not be able to work. And there is fear in not being able to, you know, make a comfortable living like I have as a self-employed creative person over the last 15 years or so. I've I've never been unemployed in my life and I'm not okay with being bored. You know, being bored is a is a is a scary place for me. So I need to uh I need to be active, I need to be engaged, I need to be working with people. And for me to be removed from that is really difficult. And so you know, there's frustration there, but there's also fear of not being able to get back to doing what I do, which is really important right now. People need what I do, and I can't really do it right now. No matter what age you are, no matter what religion you are, no matter what color your skin is, the work that I do with drums gives people a chance to uh, come together and create and have fun and be musical and they're not able to do that right now so I f- so I feel like uh, I-, I would love to do what I do but my drums can kill right now you know if I'm sharing all, all these drums with people in different places all over New England or all over Northeast uh, which is what I normally do you know taking the drums from a classroom of 30 kids into a nursing home now is deadly. So um, I'm fearful that the work that I do is going to be a long time before I can do it again. And it's really unfortunate because it's a much, much needed thing that I would like to be out there doing. You know, how do I deal with this, right? How do I deal with the fear? Uh, number one, I'm taking care of myself. I am uh, spending a lot of time in the woods. I'm spending a lot of time with my dog and gardening and raising up my own food for my family and spending a lot of time in the garden, which I'm really enjoying and starting to see the fruits of my labor. I am being extra cautious in being out in the world right now and taking control of my own uh, safety and the safety of my family by spending as little time out in the world as possible. I think it's still necessary to hunker down and uh, lay low and just be with myself right now and work on myself and try to innovate ways to stay connected and be there for other people and just take it one day at a time. Again, thanks for asking, guys. I am grateful for your podcast and look forward to hearing what everybody else has to say. Thanks. Thank you, Craig, for your personal insights and all the beautiful beats that you bring to the world. Next up, we have the amazing and always inspiring Angela Mendez, a.k.a. Yupunji, 
and I will let her words speak for themselves. Hello everyone, I'm Angela Mendez here and I was asked to give my opinion about fear and it is one of my favorite topics, it's one of my favorite emotions. As an emotion for me, um, fear is not only natural but fear is healthy. I believe that yes, it is scary, it is um, uncomfortable, it is um, often a threat, it's most of the time unpleasant, who likes to be afraid, it's not that um, desirable, but at the same time it, it has um, such a healthy component to it, I think we demonized fear because we don't like to be controlled by fear but as we do that we ignore the gifts that fear has to us. I believe that fear is here to protect us as our natural builds for survival so it is important that we learn to know our fears, we learn to um, know its makeup what is it made of? How does it manifest in our bodies? So that is usually my um, starting point, is to invite people to turn towards our own fears. How do we know the signs that fears take? What does it look like in my body? How can I get to know it? How can I open up to be curious enough in order for us to stay just a little longer with this fear. What happens in my skin when I'm afraid? What happens to my temperature, my heart rate, my body reactions? Can I stay with it for just a few seconds? Because when we stay with this fear, when we get to know it, we also learn that I am able to hold it. I am able to um, be in touch with it and then it doesn't doesn't scare us anymore it, it's not so unknown it becomes uh, a list of symptoms signs of requests from our own body and then it stops from being an obstacle to be information and if we turn our fear into information, information of our bodies, our minds, we become much more able to make conscious decisions and choices. We become less run by fear, less unconscious, less run by threat and the danger. Because we all know that most of our fears never, ever um, happen. There's actually a percentage, um, I'm afraid I don't know it, but it's quite high that statistically the majority of the things that you fear, they, they don't happen. Thank goodness, because we can be very imaginative. Of course, fear has a life of its own. So when we focus on fear, fear tends to amplify, tends to expand. So it is very difficult to focus on fear without being even more afraid. And that's why just um, in little doses, the, the, the magic of the small steps, it's my highest recommendation. Just touch it, um, be there for as long as you can, but always be able to step back and zoom in and zoom out at a rhythm that actually allows you to come in contact in a way that is healthy for you and not in a way that it, it makes you overcome fear without even knowing it. That That's uh, a reaction that we tend to have when we become a bit of a counterphobic, right? We, we contradict the fear because we don't have room enough to hold this fear. And the, the ability of holding our fear is, is actually very healthy. It, it translates in our ability to read the information, read the facts, and then make a decision about it. Um, the, the thing that I most 
find useful is to acknowledge that most of my fears are not innate. They were not born with me. Children are born with two fears mainly. Most of other fears are learned through our our community, our society, the environment that we exist in, and the way that we learn to interpret um, the situations. So just knowing that, okay, I have a built-in system for survival, that's why I am afraid, which is important to listen to what am I afraid of, because usually fear is here to protect me, but also that I have learned to be afraid. And that's why we've learned to be afraid of what's different from us, what's unknown, people. We're afraid of others. And sometimes it's important to remind myself that, wait a minute, I've learned this. What is it really mine that makes me be afraid in this situation? And the idea is not to become um, fearless or, or without fear, which is not possible, but to become able to hold this fear in a way that actually empowers us, in a way that builds our ability to make decisions and read situations in a way that doesn't leave us in this hopeless situation that creates and feeds itself. I know a lot of people who are afraid of being afraid. And I think being uh, run by fear because you're afraid of everything or being afraid to be afraid, we're still being run by fear. So instead of being afraid and avoiding all sorts of situations that cause discomfort, that are unknown, unpleasant, I recommend clients, and this is my practice as well, that we actually start touching this fear that it's much more empowering than if we avoid it altogether or if we pretend it's not there or if we um, avoid it by thinking positive and only doing good things and thinking good thoughts. Positive thinking is wonderful and it does wonders in our system, but um, we need to take some time to get to know our fears, to turn towards our fears and look fear in the eye to with, with a safe distance, um, with safeguard our own protection, it's important. And yet with this intention to be curious towards what happens in me, Where did I learn this? How old was I when I became afraid of this? And how can I sustain this fear in a way that is much more rational, much more able, much more empowering to hold this fear and still do it anyway? I love one of my favorite quotes from Joseph Campbell is that, The cave you fear to enter guards the treasures you seek. And that's my suggestion. If you're afraid of fear itself, just get to know that. Get to recognize that. And learn to live with your fear because fear is a natural emotion here to protect you. So be safe. um, Be curious. And... Play with your fear and see how much it can give you that is much more beneficial than anything else. Thank you very much and stay well. Thank you, Angela, for that awesome, inspiring message. Healing is in Your Hands is sponsored by Ralphie's Retreat a no-kill shelter located in Western Maine dedicated to cats who have been diagnosed with feline leukemia. Ralphie's opened in July of 2013 with the mission of providing FELV cats from all over the United States with healthy, happy, long lives. Some come from homes where their owners could no longer care for them or from shelters that euthanize cats just for testing positive. Ralphie's treats leukemia with both Western and alternative medicines. The cats have access to natural light, beautiful indoor spaces, a fenced yard with climbable trees, butterflies, and more. 
We hope that you will consider donating or sponsoring some of Ralphie's fabulous felines. You can learn about Ralphie's life-saving work and their beautiful feline friends at ralphiesretreat.org. That's Ralphie's, R-A-L-P-H-I-E-S, retreat.org. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. With your help, we can change the outlook for FELV cats around the country through love, compassion, advocacy, and education. So I wanted to share with you a journal entry that I woke up in the middle of the night a few weeks ago at 3 a.m. and felt called to write all these things down, you know, with everything that's going on in the world. And uh, it just, it was really powerful. I've been trying to find the right time to to share it, and uh, that time is now. So, and it's, you know, it's about everything that's going on with the Black Lives Matter and, you know, everything going on with the pandemic. And it's basically like a stream of consciousness kind of thing. So it kind of goes a little all over the place, but it does all connect and go together. I typed it up, um, so I edited some things, but I tried to keep it pretty raw and authentic. So, So I'm just going to go ahead and read it for you now. What does Black Lives Matter mean to you? Why is it so important? Because enough is enough. No longer can innocent people die because of the color of their skin. The question we can be asking ourselves is how do we get here? And how do we change this forever? With so much loss from the pandemic, which hit the communities of color so hard, by the way, we know the value of life. Every life is precious. Every life has value. It does not matter the color of your skin or sexual orientation or gender identification, age, nationality, wealth, poverty, or any factor at all because we are all one. We are all in this life together. In the short time we have on earth, why are we going to spend it on hate, violence, and fear? One of the positives from the pandemic, regardless of any belief around the many facets of COVID-19, is that we learn the value of connection, to live in the moment, how to have compassion for our fellow beings, how to find ways to connect and care for one another from a distance. We learn not only how important our family and friends are in our lives, but how important essential workers, healthcare workers, grocery store clerks, warehouse workers, delivery workers, and more are for our lives. These strangers putting their lives on the line to care for people they don't even know. Many of these people are of different races, but probably most of them are actually people of color. We have spent the past few months praising the heroes who have been saving our lives, and there has been no talk of the color of their skin, just how amazing we are as humans coming together to be kind, to help one another, to have compassion towards each other, to just be there for support. One other factor of the pandemic that is a positive is the impact on nature. Less pollution because of less driving, no smog in LA, birdsong in NYC, the list goes on and on of the positive impacts that occurred with nature through the pandemic. The whole world got a reprieve, a collective moment to breathe and recharge. This is not about going back or returning to normal because that normal can no longer exist. The changes that happen to us all cannot be reversed. When we see the value of preserving nature the value of cultivating our own gardens, 
of taking time for ourselves. Self-care is not just a recommendation, but a requirement in these times. We recognize the value of our family, but also of our fellow brothers and sisters. We learn the value of faith that everything will be all right, that the universe and God will take care of us. We are being forced to look at ourselves to find some sense of spiritual connection, whatever it may be. This paved the way for us to rise up, to accept the changes that are happening, to be the change that we are seeing all over the world. This is the ripple effect and connection between each and every one of us. Just like the connection in nature that is all one. In nature, the roots are not separate from one another. No plant or tree stands truly apart from one another. In nature, there is no judgment of color or size or shape. All the colors, sizes, and shapes blend together in perfect harmony. A bend in the branch or a crack in the tree are accepted just as much as beauty. When the sun shines, the rays wash through every leaf on every tree, taking its time throughout the day to touch each and every one. If one leaf isn't present, the other parts of the tree or the other trees will help to support it. This is like God's light shining down to each and every one of us. We are all part of nature, and like every plant, we all have our place living on this planet. Enough is enough. The time is now to take care of one another, to do the right thing, to take care of our planet, so our children and children's children can live together in harmony and thrive on this planet. Stand up for each other. Be kind to each other. Because we each know in our hearts that deep down, black lives matter. I'm a white man in America, and I don't even know the full extent of that privilege. I didn't ask for it, but that is what I was born into in this life. Just like a person who was born with black skin or brown skin, or who is gay or transgender. They didn't ask for it, but it is who they are. And that is okay. I don't have a clue what it is like to be in a black person's shoes or anyone else for that matter. I don't know what it's like to live in fear, to change life constantly just to survive, to have to be careful to not say the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time, to not go out or not too late in certain areas. For a lot of black or brown people, that is just part of their life. It doesn't have to be. It should not have to be. They deserve to feel safe, loved, respected, honored as equal beings on this earth. I was raised to accept everyone for who they are. And as I grew up, I did. I have always had friends of color or who are gay, and I never saw them any different. When you are lined up with someone, none of that matters. I have always been comfortable with people who felt the same way. People who are loving, kind, and caring towards all people. One of my main values is to not judge anyone because I don't know their life situation, their upbringing, anything that makes them make the choices in their life. I've worked with so many clients that have had so many tough situations, chronically ill, chronically pain, issues of cancer, autoimmune, and loss, so much hurt. I don't know what it's like for each one of them. I know my experience, my pain, my illness, my loss, and I can have compassion 
and maybe relate on some level. But as long as I stay open and accept them for who they are, that is the first step for me being able to help someone. This can be applied to everyone, and we can all use this technique to take a moment to look past our differences and see that connection that we all have. And it's not out on the surface. It's deep in here, in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, in our spirits. And we can say, I honor the light in you. I accept you. I see our differences, but I don't judge you for them. Let's find a common ground. Let's find a starting point to get to the root cause of things, of suffering, of love, of good, of bad, of yin, of yang. Balance the darkness, balance the light. We are always connected. We are always one. The ego wants to trick us. The ego wants to keep us in judgment and fear and hate. And it's never more prevalent than this time that we're in right now. This divisiveness, this focusing on all this separation, all this judgment, whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask, whether you're black, whether you're white, right? Whether you're gay, whether you're straight, there's so many variables that's, that's one, one's not right, one's not wrong. You know what I mean? It all is, it's all part of the fabric of life. And once we see that, lift that illusion and see the compassion that we all have deep down inside for each one another. This is what we all need to shift this perspective, to see this perspective. And I'm not trying to tell you to do anything. <laughs> I'm just sharing my perspective, but this is how I feel. So I honor the light in you, I accept you, I see our differences, but I do not judge you for them. Let's find a common ground. Let's find a starting point to get to the root cause of things, I'm saying this again, of suffering, of love, of good, of bad, yin and yang, balance of darkness and light, always connected, always one. Simple, but not easy. So why is everyone protesting? People are protesting to tip that scale, to bring balance once and for all, to stand up to do what is right, to love thy neighbor as thyself, to see the light in us all and value it just as the rays of the sun shine on all of the trees, shining equal light to each and every one. We are giving and receiving, pulsing like one heartbeat. This is what I call Gaia-centric healing because Earth is at the center of everything we do because we are a part of the Earth breathing with that one heartbeat. And we must act like the earth. When things die and fall away, they are honored, they are buried. And they may not ever need to become again. But some things rise from the ashes. Some things are reborn into something else like the phoenix turning into something beautiful after dying. Let's embrace this change from the darkness at this time in our history. Let's make 2020 the tipping point. So we rise up and we change once and for all. Ask yourself these questions and tell someone about it. Share your experience. Use your voice for change. Thank you for making the change, for picking a side, for making a choice 
to do what is right because we can no longer stand by and look away. When we all come together and stand up, that's when the change occurs. And when people say all lives matter, that goes without saying. That's just what I just said. All life matters, right? Saying black lives matter is all lives matter. Because that's, that's the whole point. They matter. We all matter. See the value. Make a difference. Teach your children. May we never commit these atrocities again. May we never go back to the way things were, to the normal. Let's keep the abnormal, the different, the unique, the cracked branch, the split tree. These are all the parts of you and me. We honor them and we honor you. Thank you. Wow, Eric, that was uh, pretty powerful. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners and being a positive light in the world. Listeners, do you have some ways that you are staying grounded during the pandemic? Let us know. You can use the Anchor app to leave us an audio message or use the phone's voice memo app to record a message and email it to us at healingisinyourhands at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and you may hear yourself on a future episode of Healing Is In Your Hands. Our sponsor, Ralphie's Retreat, has a new book out on Amazon titled Mighty Milo Meets the Problem Virus, written and illustrated by Cheryl Johnson, dedicated to all cats and those who love them, and to Woo Kitty. Milo the cat wants to spread love and compassion, but strange tiny invaders start showing up all over the country. What can a smart feline do to help out his human friends? This is a story about how Milo saves the day with a little help from an unexpected friend. Way to go, Milo. All proceeds from this book go towards Ralphie's Retreat and Feline Leukemia. Look for the book link in the episode notes. Now it's time for our meditative moment with some very special guests. I will let Eric tell you who they are. Our special guests for the meditative moment today is Hannah's Field. Whoop, whoop. You, <laughs> you guys are going to be one of the first to hear a brand new track from their upcoming album. It's called Peaceful Days. This album is called Crystal Vision, and you can pre-order the new music. And you will also get a chakra crystal grid with each CD or digital download. You can visit the notes in the podcast to get the link to hannahsfield.bandcamp.com.
Thanks for joining us. As always, follow us on all our social platforms, Facebook and Instagram, Healing is in Your Hands, Twitter, Healing is in You One, and of course, on Snapchat at Feral20 and Earthwalker11. Production of Healing is in Your Hands is by Andrea Maraskin, with musical interludes by Craig Norton. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends. And if you have a minute, rate and review Healing is in Your Hands on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Until next time, friends, I'm Kim Fleck. And I'm Eric Harris. And remember that healing is in your hands. Hold on for those better days and those brighter ways for those times we share. Because together in peace we're free. And that's the way that we really want to be. So stand tall for who you want to be and stand tall for who you want to see. And stand tall for everyone you love. We all gonna rise above, cause together in peace we're free. And that's the way that